0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Uh, give us a call, 208-991-4783. And be sure to take our listener survey, survey.greatdetectives.net. Well, this episode of The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio is brought to you by the great financial support of our listeners. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, Well, this uh, particular episode of Rogue's Gallery is entirely outside the canon of what we've heard uh, so far. This has no relation to Fitch's Shampoo, Dick Powell, or the original run of the series. And it's the only week in the 23-week period that began five weeks ago that our program uh, didn't originate with NBC. In the uh, early 50s, ABC was trying to gain traction as a network. And one thing they tried to do is rather than coming up with original new concepts for a radio series, they decided to do new versions of uh, previously canceled uh, shows. Uh, Some examples of this... ABC did a Michael Shane radio program. They did a Casebook of Gregory Hood program. And uh, they did Rogue's Gallery. In addition, they were somewhat fortunate to get Richard Diamond over to their network. So there was a brief period of time where Richard Diamond was running uh, at the same time as Rogue's Gallery. ABC chose for the star of this program, uh, Paul Stewart. Stewart was best known for his association with Orson Welles. He was a Mercury uh, radio theater player, and also uh, appeared in Citizen Kane. Stewart would go on later in his career to have success uh, on television, uh, directing uh, episodes of series including Peter Gunn, Michael Shane, Hawaii Five-0, and uh, The Twilight Zone. Uh... And we'll hear from him again uh, at least once more when we play the Mercury Theater uh, presentation of The Glass Key. And this episode came from November 15th of 1950. It's called The Janice Kroll Murder Case. And it's the only example of uh, Paul Stewart uh, as Richard Rogue.
2: Paul Stewart as Richard Rowe. Some people collect old violins. Some people collect rare china. Some people collect old coins. But I collect murderers. thrilling, fine tingling adventures of Richard Rogue, Private Investigator, is presented each week at this time by your local dealer who sells and services the Easy Cut electric mowers. That's the dealer that's making an unheard-of offer that you can't afford to miss. There's no strings, no gimmicks, no small type to this offer. Just try an Easy Cut electric mower in your yard for ten days. Give the Easy Cut a full trial. Then, if for any reason or no reason at all you don't want to keep it, your dealer will refund every penny of your money. Yes, try the Easy Cut Electric Mower. Compare its many advantages. Notice the large rear coaster for easier handling. Notice the snap switch for effortless starting. Notice the rubber-tired ball-bearing wheels. Notice the powerful one-third horsepower motor. Yes, compare, and you'll buy an Easy Cut Electric Mower. See you tomorrow at your dealer's. Listen a little later for more details about the free trial offer. Now, Rogue's Gallery with Paul Stewart as private investigator Richard Rogue. As I'm concerned, all roads lead to Chicago. You see, I was born here down on the south side, and I know every spot on the Gold Coast. The smell of the stockyards, the swimming in Lake Michigan, and I can make my way around the loop blindfolded. One of the finest tie shops in the loop was Martinelli's, and one day I just bought a tie there and zigzagged my way back across town through the heavy traffic on State Street. When I got to my office, I saw that someone was waiting for me. Mr. Rogue? Are you Mr. Richard Rove, the private investigator? Yes, I'm Richard
0: Rowe. I've been here an hour. Is it customary for your profession to go off for hours and leave your business and your door unlocked?
2: It's the gypsy in me, lady. Now, what can I do for you? My
0: name is Elsie Cole. I'm here from Little Falls, Indiana. A terrible thing
2: happened. Yes, I know. I just read it, over my second cup of coffee. Oh. Uh, you must be Jennifer's Cole's sister. Yes, I am. You checked into the Bretton Arms Hotel here in Chicago three days ago, and last night was shot and killed in a room between 9.30 and 10 p.m., right? Yes.
0: I don't know what to do. Mr. Rogue, the police called me a little farther last night. Yeah, the
2: paper says
0: that too. I arrived in Chicago at 10 this morning. Janice was a good girl, Mr. Rogue. Not the wild sort at all. I just can't believe it.
2: Janice was rather young to have a sister who was almost. uh... Uh,
0: You needn't be polite, Mr. Rogue. I'm Sister One. She was 22. I was the oldest in the family of five children. Janice has been my responsibility since our
2: parents died. I failed in that trust, <laughs> Try to control yourself, Miss Cole. Perhaps I can help you. Tell me, uh, what was Janice doing in Chicago?
0: She had a notion to go on the stage.
2: Did she know anyone here? Not a soul. Nobody. Um, it's not very helpful. What did you tell the police?
0: I told them everything. But I talked to a Lieutenant Cheney, and he told me nothing. Absolutely nothing. His demeanor was evasive He seemed to know something And yet he won't tell
2: me Well, I know, Lieutenant Jane He's a good cop
0: I want to leave no stone unturned To find Janice's murderer
2: Will you help me, Mr. Roach? i got $25 a day in expenses And that's less than the fat man gets he's
0: very
2: well, Mr. Roach Oh, uh, uh just one question, Miss Crow What grade school do you teach?
0: Stuart? Well, how did you know I was a teacher?
2: You remind me of a teacher I once had When I was a kid that was a lifetime ago. I dropped off the call at the Royals in the third-rate hotel not far from my office, and then the cab swung across toward Homicide. A high wind was whipping in from Lake Michigan, and the signs on State Street were swinging merrily. And I knew it was about time to get my winter overcoat out of more don't bother to knock, Rogue. Just barge right in. Well, oh, thanks, Lieutenant Jenny. Now, what can I do for you? I'd like to know what you know about the Kroll case. What's your interest? My client is Elsie Kroll, the dead girl's sister. Here's the report. And I want more than this. And I want the routine handout. You no? Know, well, what do you want? And whatever it is, I can't give it to you. Look, Pop, my client thinks you're withholding some vital information. She does. She does. Hmm. Oh, Dennis Kroll's a pretty girl. She was powder burn, shot by someone who stood close by. And probably more. Yeah, but who? Don't know. Thirty eight .38 slugger, Tracy. Fingerprints, none except the deceased. Mm-hmm. Who found the body? I found Mr. the manager of the button arms. The house, Dick, and a Marie Castle. How? Oh. Marie Castle had two shots in the room next to her. She called the other. Let's see any leads at all? We're working. Well, you can tell me? That's right. Look, Cheney, this is my client, too. You can tell me. Listen, sweetheart, you're going to have me around anyway, so do we work together or do I Okay, okay, Rob. But if I tell you anything, it goes no further. It's a deal. And especially the press. I gave you my word. Okay. Well, this cigarette case was found in the girl's handbag in the room. Now, that's silver. (whistles) Judge Harris, the judge weeding a double life? Now, look, I've known Judge Harris a long time. He's a family man, a nice man. And he wouldn't be mixed up in a mess like this. And in that case, I'm sure he won't be embarrassed if I ask him a few questions. My friend, Lieutenant Cheney phoned you were coming. Is it to help or hinder? Well, to help, Judge huh? Judge, uh, you don't mind if I ask a few questions? It's what you're here for, isn't it? Did you know, Janice K? I never met her. And you weren't at the Bretton Arms Hotel at all last night? I was not. But your cigarette case was? Well, that's the incredible part of this whole business. Where, how, or why it got into that room is beyond me. Lieutenant Cheney thinks someone's trying to frame me. Uh, when was the last time you remember seeing your cigarette case? Yesterday, just before lunch. And you wouldn't mind telling me where you were last evening, between 9.30 and 10? Well, certainly not. But, um, first look at this telegram. It's from Jimmy Martin. The wardrobe? Yes. Dear Judge, since Martha and the boys are away, how about some chess tonight? Make it about 9.30 at my apartment if you can, Find Jim. I walked over to his apartment about 9.30. He wasn't there, so I came home. Of course, Jimmy Martin can substantiate this telegram. No. Jimmy denies sending it. Did Jenny trace it? Yes. It was phoned in from a pay station. That's all I can tell you. Uh, Judge Harris, are you sure you're telling me the whole truth? I beg your pardon, Mr. Wolfe. No, judge. The chips are down. You're not the judge in this case. If it comes to trial, you're liable to be a defendant. I suggest you take me into your confidence. I intend to do just that if you'll be patient. Uh, better. A week ago, Jimmy Martin came to me and asked me to declare a mistrial in the Tremont case. Oh? I was shocked. He's been friends for years. Jimmy Martin has always been an honest, forthright politician. And... Frankly, I'm indebted to him for this judgeship. Tremont. Tracy Tremont. Wasn't he the gambler who shot that coffee merchant? Yes. Well, what was Martin's interest in Tremont? I have no idea. I naturally refused to discuss the case. Well, he left in anger, but he did call me an hour later and apologized. As a matter of fact, he came into my office yesterday. That is very interesting. Why is that? Why is the a crooked letter, Judge? And sometimes you have to wait a while until it straightens itself out. Good night, Your Honor. I went over to see Jimmy Martins' club. I was greeted by an assertive group of ward heels. They pointed out the Sanctum Sanctorum, and sitting behind a huge desk was a long cigar, a short, fat face, and a bald head. Yes? Uh, Mr. Martin, I'm Richard Rowe. Private detective, aren't you? That's right. I'd like to ask you a few questions about a case I'm working on. Why should I answer your questions, Mr. Rogue? Well, you may need my vote someday, Jimmy. My elections aren't that close. Uh, I guess not. When was the last time you saw Tracy i Never heard of him. Who is he? Just the gambler who's 60 days away from the chair. Good afternoon, Mr. Rogue. It would be helpful if you could furnish me the names of the people who spent last evening with you. Yes, sir. Send Joe in here, will you, please? Yes. One of the boys will escort you out, Mr. Oak. Never mind the man is chum. I can make it without a guy. I decided to check back with Cheney for some information on Jimmy Martin. Cheney told me that on the night that Janice was murdered, Martin was at the theater with some friends. But in checking that story, I found out that first he was hosting a little dinner party in the covered wagon room of the Bretton Arms Hotel. The honored guests included Marie Castle, the singer who heard the shots, and Sam to the hotel manager. Well, I thought I'd try the caviar in the covered wagon room myself. The waiter said you wanted to talk to me, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, Grove's your name, and yours is Sam Esposito, right? If you want to talk to me, come to my office. I can't eat in your office, and I'm hungry. I hear your food is good. The uh, dinners are uh, expensive here, Rogue. Well, if I can't tell you can always have me arrested. What do you want? I want to know how well you know Jimmy Martin. Not so well. So you had dinner with him yesterday. I'm sitting here with you. Oh, Sam, Sam. Oh, there you are. Just a minute. Don't get up. Sam, down. Can I join you? Well. How do you do, Miss Castle? Sit
3: down. Thanks.
2: I don't believe Mr. I... Mr. Rogue, Miss Castle.
3: How do
2: you do? You do your pictures justice, Miss
3: Castle.
2: Oh, thank you, Mr. Rose. Excuse me. I'll be back. Okay. Would you like a drink? No, thanks. I'll go on in a
3: few
2: minutes. You seem to have gotten over the shock. That shot?
3: Oh, you mean
2: the murder. Oh, the terrible. Yeah, I read about it in the paper. Uh, tell me, Marie, uh, how did, did you know that the shot's
3: fired? I couldn't miss it. You see, I'm
2: in room 304. And the uh, jealous... Crow was in 302. Yeah. Why all the questions? That's the way I earn a living. That's nice. Oh, by the way, I bumped into a friend of yours, Jimmy Martin.
3: Jimmy Martin? I don't believe I know him.
2: You were
3: at his table here last night, remember? Oh, that must have been the party Sam introduced me to. An entertainer like me has to sit at so many tables and meet so many people. You know how it is. Yeah, I know. Well, it's time for me to go to work. Anything special I can sing for you? Well, uh, Oh,
2: that's one of my favorites, too. Dino. Mine. Lois. Lois. Yes, sir. Uh, Could you tell me who takes up Marie's time? Mr. Owen, I got a job. Yes, so have I. I got a ten here. It's yours. Now, who is her boyfriend? Sam Esposito. Anyone else? Well, Jimmy Martin, the politician, he gave her a diamond as big as an egg. Anything else, Mr. Ord? Use your ten? That sweet, lovely blonde was a liar, simple and pure, and a two-time at a boot. Why did she deny knowing Martin, and what was Sam's pitch in this? It was getting complicated, and I needed to think it through. I left the covered wagon and wandered over to my favorite hangout, Jaime's, on the Gold Coast. Jaime was a lazy musician who didn't like to play in bands. He only liked to play when he was in the mood. Chicago folklore had it, that one time Big Spiderback picked up his horn and Jaime his liquor stick, and they played for 17 solid hours. Hi, old Hiya. Hello, Jaime. The boy's in the give you ready, eh? Yeah, I like the melody, here? Huh? Yeah, moody, moody, with a bitch in the Do it, me. You're a scotch and rock, honey. Make it a double, huh? Great yeah. big double. Okay, yeah.
4: Well, let's put our one head together on this, room. A pretty girl as a green bee comes to the city. And what does she do? Goes to a fancy hotel. Why so, Richard? Why so?
2: Yes, why so? You tell me if you're so
4: clever. Come, Rookie. I pose the question for you to answer.
2: Well, someone she knew must have put her up in the
4: hotel. Telling you the truth, you have to dig, dig, dig a little more, Rosie. All right, you go out,
2: dig a little more,
4: and maybe you'll strike something. Goodbye, Rosie, and no more double dodges. <laughs>
2: Hi, Matt. Yeah, Rogue. He's, he's, he's giving over a drink. Wait a minute. Hey, Luke. What is it? Telephone you got yeah. a page. Red yeah.
0: yeah, speaking. That's Lieutenant Cheney. Come down to
2: the morgue right away. Who's in the morgue? Your client. Elsie Crow? Right, Elsie Crow. She was just least out of Lake Michigan. Well, at the moment, we'll bring you actual rogue Gallery. If only fools are positive, then fools we be. That's what your nearest Easy Cut Electric Mower dealer is saying, because he's so positive you can't buy a better lawnmower than the Easy Cut Magic Touch electric power mower. And to prove what he's saying, your dealer is making this amazing offer. Buy your Easy Cut Electric Mower. Take it home. Try it out for ten full days. Cut your grass once or twice. See how effortless the job is, how smooth and even your grass is cut. After you've had it for ten days, if for any reason whatsoever you don't want to keep your easy-cut electric power lawnmower, your dealer will refund your money in full. No strings, no gimmicks. Go buy or phone your dealer first thing tomorrow. Have him deliver your easy-cut electric-powered lawnmower on the ten-day trial offer. If you're not satisfied, your money will be refunded. Now, back to Paul Stewart as private investigator Richard Rogue in Rogue's Gallery. On the way down to the morgue, I couldn't for the life of me figure out why someone would want to kill Elsie Kroll. In a few minutes, I was standing before a table in the morgue, and there she lay didn't look like a school teacher anymore. Just a nice, nice old lady, Rose. She wasn't old, Cheney. She's just the kind that's born old. Let's get out of here. Any idea who pushed her into the lake? You are the detective, Richard? I'm only a bull and harness. I only helped put away Capone, Moriarty, Stern, that's all. You the day I work what on... What are you what? so touchy about? What's the Emmy's report? The bruises on the head killed her. No water in the lungs. She didn't die by drowning. The of drowning. Let's go up to the rush where Elsie Crow stayed and pop a few questions. And we did, but all we found out was that Elsie Crow handed her key to the room clerk when she went out at seven thirty at night. No one had called her during the day and she'd not used her phone. We went on out under the, the room and started to go through her clothes and personal effects. Just a battered old suitcase. Anything in the bathroom, Wog? Yeah, a toothbrush and a hairbrush. A couple of hairnets. She only has one dress hanging in the closet. She travels away. Wouldn't you if you got the message she did? I think we're looking in the wrong direction. Take me down to your jail, will you? What for? I want to see Tracy Tremont. But it's five AM. I'm tired. Can't just wait till morning. It is morning and it can't. <laughs> I tell you, why I questioned Tremont for hours. I got nothing. A blank. There's a loose key around somewhere that fits this lock, and I think it's Tremont. No, no, impossible. Look at it this way. Jimmy Martin, the ward leader, goes to the judge and asks him to take it easy on Tremont, and the judge says no. Then the judge gets a phony wire, and he's out on a limb with no alibi. Either Martin put the judge on the spot, or the pardon the expression, the judge is lying. The judge didn't lie. That I know. I can vouch for him. I admire your loyalty, better men than the judge have skeletons in the closet. Well, pardon the ignorance of an old cop, but what will this visit to Tremont prove? Who's lying? Jimmy Martin or his honor. (laughs) Tremont was the fine citizen of our town who picked up an easy pacer with a set of marked cards, loaded dice, and the old badger game. And his victims were always afraid to do anything about it. That is, until he met that coffee merchant. Called Truman's hand, and Truman shot him. The gray dawn was just coming in over the jail as we walked in and started to wake him. Rise and shine, Truman! Come on, come on! What? Uh, what? You Who are your eyes, Truman! It's daylight. Get your hands off me! Who are you? Richard Rogue. I want to ask you some questions. What questions? That's with you and Jimmy Martin. Who's he? What have you got on him? I don't know what you're talking about. Why did he go to Judge Harris and try to spring you? I didn't know he did. How nice of him. How's your pal Sam Esposito? Never heard of him. Well, does Marie Castle mean anything to you? Can't we play another game? I gotta deck a card. Now, let's touch him. Then go away. Let me get my beauty map. For a guy who's going to sizzle in the chair, you're flippers are salmon. Want a bit? Pack him my ice, Janie. I've had a belt. Okay. <clears throat> Where are you going, Ro? I'm going out to find you a playmate. And then I'm going to be a witness at your clam fry. Still want a bit? We drove back toward the Loop and Cheney's squad car, stopped for breakfast, and I went through a whole pack of cigarettes. I should have been sleepy, but I was too hopped up to shove off to bed. I wanted to see the murder room of Dennis Carl and her personal effects, so Cheney wrote a little note, and I had him drop me at the Brett hotel. Third floor, please. Hey, Rogue, wait a minute. Well, hello, Sam. How's the hotel business? What are you doing here so early? Shall I say it out loud? No, no. I'll wait till you get off. Third floor. Now, look, Rogue, where do you think you're going? To room 302. You'll never get past the cops. I know the password. And by the way, you ever let three men have card parties in this hotel? Oh, what kind of a hotel do you think I run Wait a second, will
0: you? Would you mind keeping this door shut, please, fellas? Stupid
2: carpenters in there. These floors are soundproof to drown out the traffic noises so our guests can sleep. They haven't got brains enough to keep the door closed when they're making repairs. Very interesting, this hotel business. Uh, By the way, uh, the grapevine has it that Jimmy Martin is cutting in on your girl. He's strictly a stage door, Johnny. All talk. With the rock that he gave Marie? Some talk, Sammy boy. standing there simmering to a slow boil and went into Janice's room. I found the usual knick knacks, clothing, a dozen assorted bottles of skin lotion in her handbag. Her handbag had twenty dollars and some change. Now why should a guy with twenty dollars to her name register in a hotel where the cheapest room is ten bucks a day? And which one of the characters in the Chicago Merry Go round knew the troll sisters and who set up Janice in this lush plush. Was too quiet and depressing for number work, so I hopped again cab and went back over to Harmony's on the Gold Coast.
0: Pull yourself some coffee, huh,
2: Rogue? Yeah, thanks. Well, come, you're still up, Harmony. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, double insomnia. What's with you, huh? Yeah, well, still chasing shadows of the cold murder. Paul into two now. Somebody knocked off my client last night. Yeah, that's why you rushed out so fast this morning. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. There's something about that hotel. I went into the Breton walked toward room 302, heard the carpenters working, making a lot of noise. It's with them carpenters? Rogue, huh? well, our fine friend you turned out to be. You went back on your deal with me, and I'll have your head sneezing with that loose. This coffee's hot, and what's the matter? Why did you tip off the papers, Robe? What papers? What are you talking about? Oh, so I should have had my head examined before I trusted you. A day or two more, and I'd have had this case on ice. Let, Let me see have... that paper. Three-month case stall. Judge Harris implicated in troll murder, But I didn't... Robe, turn in your license. You're through. We're both through. But, Cheney, I didn't give out this story. No? No. Then who did? Answer me. Who did? Who did? Wait! I've got it. The Carpenters. Tell them to whom. What are you talking I'll about? tell you in the car. Let's go. The squad car tore up Lakeshore Drive with the sirens wide open, and in a few seconds we were standing in front of Jimmy Martin's apartment. We didn't make it. He's dead. He's dead. Shot through the head with a 38. Put out a drag that's the same as Gasito and Reed Castle. Right. Now I'm going up to Judge Harris's house. <laughs> Twenty minutes later I was knocking on his front door, but no one answered. The door was locked, but I opened it with my set of keys. No one was in the house, so I sat down in the living room, fixed myself a drink, and waited. I was half through a scratch on the rocks when. Come on in. Get out of the rain. How did you know I was coming here? It was all figured out like a game of chess. Well, darling, you play along. I'll run along. I don't think so. Come on in. Let me alone. The judge isn't here. You won't be able to kill him, sweetheart. What are you talking about? A carpenter, Marie. He fouled up your story. (laughs) Carpenter? What carpenter? I'll spell it out. You heard the shots that killed Janice Crow, like you told me at the covered wagon, because you fired them. What? You see, Marie, you forgot that all the rooms in the third floor at the hotel are soundproof. So if you were in your room, you couldn't have heard any shots. Smart. Smart enough. One thing I don't know. Is Tracy Tremont your husband or brother? My brother. I figured. Your brother faces the chair, so you decide to frame the judge by planting the cigarette case on Janice after you shot her. How did I get the judge's cigarette case? Jimmy Martin got it for you. All you had to do was to make him fall for you, which wasn't hard, baby. Is that so? That's so. Then poor Elsie Crow spots your picture outside of the covered wagon room and recognizes you as an old pupil of hers from Little Falls. So she goes to you and begins to think maybe you had something to do with Janice. So you had to make it murder number two and kill her. What can you prove? You couldn't... couldn't stop once you got going. To top it off, you gave the story to the newspaper knowing you would stop the trail. But you still had a deal with Jimmy Martin. He wouldn't go as far as murder, so you had to kill him, too. Rogue, oh, what did you find? Who, who is He's all yours, Lieutenant. Why, what? But watch her. Don't let Annie get your gun. Well, that about boiled it up. And he gave her the escort treatment down to headquarters and got me on the way of my house. The noonday sun was hanging over Chicago and made my sleepy eyes sting. And as I stumbled up the stairs to my apartment. Oh, no, no. no, not now, Hugo. I'm tired. Rejoice, my lad.
4: You sound the paper is
2: but now it's sweet. Good job. You'll
4: recover.
2: But you know, Rogey, I kind of thought it was Sam Esposito all the time. But Sam was as innocent as a lamb. Huh? You never know, do you? No. No. To
4: think
2: it was all run by a beautiful girl. Ah, uh, she was the devil's sweetheart, all right.
4: That's yes, why. Quiet to come home to. I don't
2: know, Hugo. Sometimes I worry about being a bachelor in my old age.
4: No more worrying tonight, Rogie. Let me tuck you into bed nice and comfy. Pleasant dreams, Rogie, and very well.
2: Good night, Hugo.
4: Good night, Rogie. <laughs>
2: Rogue will return in just a minute. But first, an important announcement. You can't lose on the offer now being made by your Easy Cut electric lawnmower dealer. All you do is take the easy-to-operate Easy Cut electric mower home. Try it for 10 days. You find Easy Cut will work wonders on any type yard, fine grass or weeds, cut any height or low as you want. It's really a fine mower, and most any member of your family will be able to operate it. After you try the Easy Cut electric mower for 10 full days, give it a good workout. If for any reason you don't want to keep it, return to your dealer and he'll refund your full purchase price without any questions asked. You couldn't ask for any better deal, and now's the time to take advantage of it. See your Easy Cut dealer right away before your grass becomes too big of a problem. Remember, the solution to easier, faster grass cutting is an Easy Cut electric powered mower. Now to remind you to listen next week at the same time for Rogue's Gallery. Presented by your easy cut electric mower dealer is Richard (laughs) Rogue. This to you from New York. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting
1: Company. Welcome back. Well, this is different, but uh, not in a bad way. I actually like the the series. Uh, Paul Stewart does a great uh, hard boiled eye uh, presentation. A lot of differences. The big one is the settings and the uh, supporting characters uh you have a new uh, police commissioner and the setting is in uh Chicago whereas Rogue's Gallery really had more of a uh Los Angeles feel to it uh but that but they did a good job i think with the setting and the music and kind of a different portrayal of Yugor uh rather than him having to be knocked on the head uh to get to hear Yugor Uh, I'd actually like to hear more of this, but this is the only episode that's in circulation, unfortunately. Uh, And uh, one uh, thing to note here is, uh, according to the Digital Deli's uh, estimation, uh, uh, Paul Stewart made more uh, appearances as Richard Rogue than anyone else. Uh, Dick Powell made a total of uh, 67 uh, uh, Rogues Gallery episodes, Paul Stewart made uh, 72, and of course Barry Sullivan just made the 14 uh, from 1947. Uh, But this was a fun series, and I hope there are more that uh, emerge. It's kind of hard with uh, ABC shows. And by the way, there was a reference to another ABC show uh, when he mentioned that uh, he did not charge as much as The Fat Man, uh, which was Uh, one of perhaps ABC's biggest and longest uh, running uh, detective programs uh, from 1946 to 51 Um, and we will be uh, doing the Fat Man uh, later on this season but uh, that will uh, bring down the curtain on Rogue's Gallery. Join us next week for our new Tuesday show Candy Matson. I should note that uh, this week is the first time we've had four of our five programs set in the 1950s. But next week we're going definitively back to the 40s for Candy Matson. In the meantime, if you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives and give us a call, 208-991-4783. Be sure to fill out our listener survey, survey survey.greatdetectives.net, and become one of our friends on Facebook facebook.com slash radio detectives but from boise idaho this is your host adam graham signing off